ripping balls. Three four zero. Three forty. That can't be that can't be right. Surely not. It's only oh, fifty weeks in Hemi V eight. It's only fifty weeks in a year. How the fuck is that right? We've been doing this since twenty fifteen. Oh, dear. Well, I I know know technically an EP doesn't count, but goddamn, I'm happy I picked that. That just made me very, very happy. What are you talking about? Gas Coombs wasn't an EP. Went on forever. Okay, let's start with Gas Coombs because I think we need a new genre. This is not adult contemporary. We need to start with with the, the album that you actually picked last week. Has anybody succeeded in finding out what that album sounds like? The the no. Liberation Two no. Balls Podcast Nil. It, it's not on um, it's not on YouTube either. So no. whoever's paying for it has tied that shit down good. Both of the people who signed up for that podcast network, um, that, that mm. podcast subscription, uh, are going to enjoy that. It's going to be basically like that farmer bro who bought the one copy of that Wu Tang album and then went to jail. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of people who should be in jail, Gaz Coombs for Crimes Against Mediocrity. Well, I was, I was thinking, this isn't adult contemporary. This is like Double J contemporary or Middle well, Age is, contemporary or contemporary. Boomer double contemporary. J is, it, this is the most Double J fucking shit in the history of Double J fucking shit. Um, and even the title, is the, the title of the, of the album is called Turn the Car Around. Even that kind of whimpers, like tired, worn out Generation X dad who's like getting, he's pissed off with everything. Um, it's definitely more Radiohead than Supergrass. Uh, it does not yeah. feel all right. Uh, it's actually not Radiohead, but also he's clearly been listening to late era Arctic Monkeys because early on he kind of starts out doing his impersonation of Alex Turner doing Alex Turner's impersonation of Mike Patton that we talked about. The the albums that we missed out on last year and that mentioned that, um, that fucking uh, Arctic Monkeys album. I can't, I can't say I ever really gave too many fucks for Supergrass. They were kind of one of the Britpop acts that I just I couldn't really be bothered with. Um, I, I just like his voice. And, and like, uh, even though this was... Yeah, the thing is, when I, you said I, he had a great voice last, like, in, in your voice note, I thought, oh, he's taking the piss. I don't think you literally meant that, honestly. No, I thought just, his voice was kind of some, vaguely irritating. There's just something about, uh, with Supergrass anyway, there's just something I just always... I don't know. I just always liked his voice, and so he just sounded like a la 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 sing along skiffle singer from like the nineteen fifties or something. And that was the bit, you know. He was oh, definitely God. doing. You think of a song like "Feel oh. All Right," and it's exactly that kind of shit, you know. I've never listened to much fifties skiffle music myself. But that's the so. kind of that's kind of that's really what they were what they were referencing. Um, yeah, this this was deeply deeply ordinary. Well, so somewhere around here is an unplayed greatest hits of Supergrass's as a CD, which was found in a JB bargain bin back when CDs and JB bargain bins were both things. But yeah, it's it's just so dull and boring. Yeah, it was like you remember that we listened to that that custard comeback album that sucked. This sucks much yeah. worse. This this yeah, this is, but it's it's the same. It's on the same path, but much further down. Like it's it. just all the things that I liked about him watered watered down. Yeah. Feel Loop is vaguely interesting, but the rest of it, it's just so boring. And the washed up Gen X audience of that of Supergrass will probably lap this up because they're just as washed up and Gen X as he is. Oh, you can absolutely see someone playing an acoustic guitar singing some of these songs around a fire, for sure. 
And that someone is Gaz Coombs, looking like a fucking some sort of uh, extra from Planet of the Apes. I always thought he looked like you know the that, that you know the guy from the '60s Planet of the Apes. It would not just be the big mutton shop sideburns. Look, to be fair, I did not think we would be talking about Gaz Coombs this much. So shall we move on to the subways? We should. Can we talk about the subways just about as much as we talked about Gaz Coombs? The subways are uh, at their best when they're when they try to do their kind of Fisher-Price, My First Royal Blood album kind of louder stuff. But the problem is that they have a tendency to drift into what I'm going to call corporate indie pop. And I know that doesn't sound like it should be a thing, but it absolutely is a thing. I challenge you to listen to this and not think that there's such a thing as corporate indie pop. Um, Auto-tuned vocals, basic-ass melodies, facile lyrics, like the the, the so-called protest song, Fight, has all the impact of 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 a, like a, a curated black square on an influencer's fucking Instagram. Go and read a bit of their bio, and everything you've said is just reflected in their bio because it's like you can't bring together the hard guitars and attitude of punk and the ear-catching melodies and chorus of pop. Like, well, you can, but it but it sounds like pop punk if you do that. It ends up sounding like Blink One Eighty Two or Fiddler or somebody. It doesn't sound like this. It doesn't kind of yeah. sound like inoffensive pop and then the occasional slightly louder angrier voice and the other problem is that the the lead vocals sucked and they kept putting auto-tune on him which made him suck more yeah i mean it was largely inoffensive generally mediocre and mostly harmless but well fuck it no I, way I, I guess the wasn't good the, the like my sort of one sentence review of this this afternoon when i dialed it back up it's like i cannot fucking recall anything about this album I've listened to it twice earlier in the week I can vaguely remember which were the loud songs and which were the not loud songs that's about the only thing I can remember about it I can say okay that song sucked that song was louder that song sucked that song was loud and that's basically my my definition in in complete contrast to um, the EP the near near Archives EP which is well, like, sure isn't Steel Panther. And- you know, that was the thing. We wanted it to be not Steel Panther. And I think we succeeded. It's full of breakbeats and African melodies and more breakbeats. And then some yep. other stuff and some more breakbeats. And then so, then they went back and they, they went time traveled back to the 1990s and stole all the breakbeats and brought them uh, and put them in this this the EP. This has got the most breakbeats per square inch of anything that's been recorded in probably the history of electronic music. And it is by far well, the most interesting album of this week. It's a pity it's an EP and it um, doesn't count for the big awards at the end. Oh yeah, they, and it could have. I think they actually could like they sort of mixed it up. Like you said, there's a lot of breaks. Uh, break beats. No, in this, all the, yeah. every track is break beats, but it, it's yeah. weird that that got me of real nostalgia. It just remind. And the yes. thing is, I actually have a note saying, "What the fuck does this remind me of?" I, I'm just, it's like, it's like, it's like that. that I just can't like. I can't scratch the... I don't know. My, my fucking electronic dance music fucking well, archive isn't deep enough to make me go. And I'm like, is this like upbeat faithless? I mean, what, what am I getting here? Well, there's a, a really good YouTube um, uh, sort of mini docker about the history of the Armin break in, in dance music. And this was like... This stole all the Armin breaks from that, from that docker yes. and yes. reused them. <laughs> Just ran them through. I don't know. That... There was I, I look, Zero Seven was was Sia's first band, um, 
and it it was like a slower version of this, like that soul and breakbeat, but it was a, li- a little bit more trip hop than breakbeat ish. But it really reminded me of that. Her voice is very similar to Sia's, and her um, name's Mia. In, in this so concept, checkmate. Yeah. But uh, like like you said, it was such a throwback. It it gave me so much joy, and I really wish I could I could tab this for my album, you know, my top five because. Um, it was just so much. It was so enjoyable. It was, the thing was, even though it was breakbeat, it was really well done. It was really well put together, and it wasn't just the same song five times. There was a little bit of difference in between it, but it does have that driving sort of rhythm underneath the songs that ties it all together. Like, you know, felt about dialing up my drug dealer and ordering a couple of eckies and having a really good weekend with this one. <laughs> Ironically, your audio dropped out just as you started talking about the drug dealer, so I think that's probably appropriate. The, the doc's got like, sh- should I be subbing Ace McWicket in here? No, so you, your audio dropped out just as you started mentioning your drug dealer, so I imagine you're getting hacked by the network. That's right. I, I think, uh, hello, ASIO. How are you travelling? None, none of us like are Muslim, it's fine. You don't have to fucking send the boys around. Um... Yeah, it was. It was, and the thing about it is, is that each song had that kind of, that kind of, that dropped in the, the, the very aggressive and very, very kind of standard breakbeat kind of pattern to it. But it wasn't as though they, it just felt like, uh, what was that? What was the act where we were talking about? Uh, it was, a, it was a female singer, and there was a rapper, and whenever you dropped the rapper in, it just felt like you know the oh. most fucking. The most cliched, you know, um, my name is Davey and I'm you, you here to say I like... Yeah, you thought it was Paula Abdul. I can remember yeah, that one. Yeah, it was like Paula that... Abdul and Scat Cat. No, no, that was, an, that was an Andy Cooper project, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, what, the Andy Cooper one where he, he was with the soul singer and then he'd come in and do his his, his corny dad raps. And mm. while his corny dad raps work fine on their own, but in the songs that he was doing with this woman, they just not so it, much. It was just seemed like it just seemed like fucking Kool Aid Man busting through the wall to do terrible dad raps. But the the way that they've dropped the the rake beach into this doesn't really feel like it. it doesn't feel like these are trip hop soul songs that suddenly get this you know some dickhead burst through the wall with a fucking you know trip hop beat generator and starts blaring it on. It yeah. kind of hinges together reasonably well. This is the best album of the week, and it's an EP, which tells you what a great job we did this week picking music. Yeah, why? Why couldn't it have? I guess they they had their six songs and they were happy with it. But um, I played this a lot this Look week. Look at banging their heads against the wall and they put their head. I've I've added her to my follow artists list, so hopefully she will do a full album at some stage. It, it's seventeen minutes. It's it's yeah. That's, even, that's not even if you played it twice, it's not as long as fucking Gaz Coombs dribblings about being a Gen X dad and wanting to turn the car around. If you two don't stop fighting so in the back. Much, so much more enjoyable. All right. What have you got that is a new? I'm struggling this week because I haven't actually done the um, the sifting. I didn't get time to go sift through the, uh, the the release radars and all that sort of stuff. So I'm going back on my archives uh, of things that I flagged that I thought would be good. I'm going to pick a all-girl band called Hello Mary, who have an album out that is called Hello Mary. I think this will be probably... Uh, in that kind of slightly 90s throwback indie rock right girly kind of stuff. I know I go back to this stuff a lot, but, you know, sue me. I love Veruca Salt and uh, <laughs> and the Donners, so I'm, I'm not giving up on that. But this is going to be a bit more indie than that, I think. 
Um, so Hello Mary is my album of the week. What have you got as a new album this week? And will it be available publicly or do we have to subscribe <laughs> to some bullshit fucking podcast platform? Uh, look, this might be a bit too R&B. Uh, might be a bit too poppy, but I'm going to go with- um, Does it sound like Steel Panther? I'm no? going to go with Unknown. Well, there there is a panther on their um, artist page, so maybe- Are you going the new, the new UMO album? I am. I'm going to go Unknown Mortal Orchestra. The- now, I think we did UMO's last album. This is Ruben two? Nelson did from did- the- Two or did we do sex and food? Sex and food, we did. Um, right. Yeah. So this is um, Kiwi. Uh, so the, the Mint Chicks were the Nelson Brothers album. This was a, a sort of a a bit like a regurgitator, uh, like a Kiwi regurgitator of, of the two thousands. Okay. Um, and then Ruben, I think it's Ruben, um, moved to the US. And was doing, and he, this is his solo project, but he gets yeah, collaborators Ru- in. Ruben Nielsen. Yeah, Ruben. Ruben Nielsen. Yeah, I don't think the other one's called. Yeah, the camera. The other brother was called Cade, I think, or something like that. He, he collaborated. He collaborated on the last one. There was some good stuff on the last album, but the, the problem is that it is because it's a solo project of a guy who's a bit of a weirdo. It, it can be yeah. really uneven. It, it's uneven. And yeah. this is this is a double album, as far as I know. So it might be extremely uneven, but you know. Um, I am interested to sort of see what he does with it. So I am glad you picked that because it saved me from doing it. Well, it's, it sounds like something that you probably would have picked as a Joker. Um, it, it was, it was yeah, it did. if I'd remembered, I would have put it on my Joker list. Look, it's it's supposed to, you, you know, the way he's pitching it is like cocktail bars and hotel pools and, you know, sort of kicking around, sort of like our, our re-listen at the end of the year vibe. So that's a vibe so, I can, so I can if get this, into. If this makes the the playoffs, it might actually it might be a yeah. bit like this is going cross pod, but it might be it might be the opposite of that. The uh, the Sacramento Kings is that it, it's kind of built for the playoffs. If it can make it there, yeah, it's ma- it's made for the playoffs. Yeah, let's see. It's playing the right side of. All right, Doc. I, even though I feel like I actually um, picked the best music, it was an EP. So I will I will seed the Joker to you. Right. Well, I will go for an act called Laid Back Country Picker, which is a, I believe is a school teacher from Kentucky who does kind of bluesy country kind of um, stuff. And it was the one I was going to pick as a joker the week that I ended up picking Steel Panther. This is all your fault for picking that fucking John Cougar Mellencamp tribute act. <laughs> Otherwise, we would have had this the other week. So that's this is not what we're <laughs> doing. I have no, I have no excuse. We've all made decisions we regret under pressure. It's it's, it's the nature of the beast. I would like to um, uh, just give a little shout out to one of the uh, bits of music I've enjoyed the most over the last couple of weeks, which is I've been. Uh, jumping on the Next Men Radio sort of mix on YouTube and they have a mashup because those dudes have a really keen eye for genre and and like, like the thing I find about their albums is they're really good at writing beats for their vocalist. You know, they don't sort of write their beats for them and then their vocalist sort of fits around, you know, that they, they write for the style that they're in. And they've got this mashup of... Psycho Killer by Talking Heads, and You Got the Love by, um, 
who does that song? Uh, Florence is it Florence and the Machine? I think you've got the love, and then this um, bassline by Blind Faith. You know, like a like a soul album, and it's just so fucking well done. It's just really like. I just I would like to have that ability to be able to hold all those disparate threads in my head and go, oh yeah, I can turn that into a banger <laughs> because I went and listened to all three songs separately and went, uh, I can't, I can't work out how they fucking got there. I really can't. Um, so yeah, I'm going to give a shout out to the next next men's psycho faith. Immaculate video on YouTube. Give that a listen. It's quite enjoyable. And he's not going to send me the link, so I'm going to have to fucking look for it. No, I'm going to send you a link right now. Right now, while I'm thinking about it. Before Internet, I have it, we'll drop out just as he does this. I just, I just want to read you the, the brief bio for Laidback Country Picker. This isn't on Spotify. It's on his own website. Devoid of genre, pure music with one foot in the truck stop, the other in 1970s guitar rock, spelled R-O-W-K, playing country music and treating people right. So... That should that should fit in with the part of the world that you're in. You live in Gimpy, don't you? And he's from Kentucky. I did like the I did like the drive by you did of me on the edit. That was very nice. And I thought, well, I had a up- fantastic time doing the edit for that episode. <laughs> I know that f- I, it was like I was so proud of, of of the shit that I put together with that. That was good fun. Was the first twang of banjo, and I was like, ah. You know, like I, we used to share the edit pretty equally, and then you know my my schedule and and your editing ability sort of. That's basically that it. I stopped you- being. I st- I figured out how to fucking use the software, and I thought, fucking, I'll do it. Mm. And you got young kids, and my kids um, are not young, relatively free range. Well, the, the the other thing is, like, I I I got I realized I got to this point where I was using this software um, on the iPad. And I could recognize the waveform of um. And like, I say um a lot in this podcast. Yeah. And but, I was like, so I was, I don't I think was that fanatical matters. about. I don't think that matters that much. No, but I was fanatical about cutting them out, right? So I would yeah. probably spend a good 40 minutes of my Saturday cutting out me saying um out of the two podcasts. And it makes no difference. The podcast is not any better for it. So well, the problem is that the thing is that go. people uh, people tune that out of conversation anyway yeah. because it's part of part of punctuation. People in regular conversation, people don't even notice that you're saying um and that you're yeah that you that you have certain ticks that you lean on or you know this. It's, most of the editing I do is to kind of clean up points where I've tried to get a joke in when you were trying to talk and, and stuff like that. It's more about sort of creating more space or silencing me so I'm not talking over you or, you know, doing all that sort of stuff. <laughs> which Or which dropping dueling banjos over as your um, edit shed theme music, which I think is completely necessary. <laughs> I, I did think about creating a version of what, what, what was that fucking tweet? Uh, hey, Mr. Tambourine Man, after you do, insisted that you're from Lower Tambourine, I was almost going to create it. Uh, hey, Lower Tambourine Man, it's fucking Bean Lee. It's not Bean Lee, though. It's all Bean Lee. Everything, everything from well, fucking <laughs> Mount Gravatt to the Queensland border is Bean Lee. We're not even in Logan City Council. Like, the, the, actually, uh, I sort of had to, like, groan and give in to you know, the fact of where we live when someone posted that picture of the 
what was it, a 1993 $200,000 Commodore? And I'm like, oh, no, no, no. God. It was, it, no, it was, a, it was a fucking VL. It was a 1986, a it was a 1986 Commodore. And it wasn't that particularly interesting. But the reality is, there have been 1985 Commodores that have gone for a million bucks. They've been like, what? Br- yeah. There's, there was it's a, a, it's a Commodore. It's like the most common car you could possibly fucking buy. It, this is what not. Is going this on? is not not the one off the shelf. This is not the one. You know, this is one of those Brock, Holden dealer team yeah. Group A fucking okay. super rare. You know, this is like HSV sort of stuff. That's but the thing not, is, boomers got money. They did this, but they did this with the fucking the sixty supercars, the the GTHO Falcons and the Monaros and stuff. They started going for like high six figures back in you know, you know, back ten years ago because you know all these. Cashed up boomers started wanting to buy the cars of their the hero cars of their childhood. Our generation are doing the same thing with with shit like Sierra Cosworths and Nissan GTRs and shit. It's we, it's happening we should, now. We should, <laughs> Fuck it, a Sierra Cosworth an RS five hundred S Sierra Cosworth went for like seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars recently. That you know it's it's fucking cashed up idiots trying to buy the things from their the things that they wanted from their childhood. It's like the fa- obsessing about the matchbox cars or the Hot Wheels cars they had as a kid. Mm. We should find a podcast network and sell the first hundred and fifty episodes of these podcasts. They're almost as old as some of those cars. They're, and they're definitely as full of rust. <laughs> those first those first hundred I don't, I don't know whether anything could rust because there was so much alcohol sloshing they, around. Look, they weren't bad. They weren't bad. I actually had to reference something, you know, because it turned out when we talked about doing that Led Zeppelin classic album, that was really early. That was actually like episode 30-something, and it wasn't that bad. It's just- How loud were the cicadas in that episode, though? Cicadas weren't that bad because you can put- uh, I mean, given the, given how yeah. fucking drunk you were last week, that was- you know, we, <laughs> we can't claim that we were any- that we were terribly different. <laughs> That's true. That's the thing true. is, though, that it doesn't affect the sound, the, the talking bit. It seems fine. It's just the content seems to it be. Took, it, it took a lot less to get me to the same place, I'll tell you right now. It took a lot of editing to make it coherent. <laughs> Hence, I had to get my revenge somehow. I appreciate that. All right, Doc. If um if that's the case, well, we should probably go before you need more editing. It'll be me who needs editing. I'll, um, I'll catch you next week. Cheers, man. Um, fucking the chats did a pretty good version of that on one of those was it Triple J Live at the Wireless or one of those um, Like a Virgin Live kind of things there was something that they, like, I'm not sure of the context but I remember seeing a video of them doing Psycho Killer and thinking um, it was Psycho no they did it they were the backing band and fucking oh my Genesis Owusu was, was the lead I'm pretty right. sure so the genius of the genius of this is that not only do they mash up the song, but the guy that does the the film clip for them mashes up the film clips. So when whenever they're using a different sample, he samples the film clip. It's really well done, and it's just a, it's just a 
that they put together a really good song. Music is fucking good. That's all I can all say. All this feels like too much like hard work. Well, it's hard work and talent, and I don't have either. So no, we've demonstrated we don't have either. All of right, Doc. I will catch you on the flip side. Ta. Catch you later. Tambourine Man, it's fucking Beatley.